0: Hello and welcome to Writing About Dragons and Shit, where two authors, and a writer get together and talk about the ways that they tell stories. I'm one of your hosts, Trevor Bettis, your resident writer and podcaster from such shows as I'm Gonna Podcast, which started again recently, She goes go that out. <laughs> and Champions of Lord with me each week are two amazing people who are.
1: I'm Erin M. Evans, I'm the author of Brimson, Angel's Saga and the forthcoming Empire of Exiles. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm a uh, non-ironically TV's B. Dave Walters. Um, uh, you can catch me all, all over the interwebs, over fine streaming content can be located, up to and including uh, the upcoming Netflix Geek Week.
1: Can you say what you're doing yet, or is it still secret?
2: No, it's still a secret. <sighs> the fact that I'm doing a thing is not a secret. The thing I'm doing is is a secret. And I even asked them today, when can I talk about the thing I'm doing? Because it's in like a week, and uh, they didn't they didn't reply. So. <laughs> This
1: is a lovely thing about being friends with you though is that you constantly get to know like 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 there's something new that's gonna you're gonna find out, you're gonna find out, you're fine, boom, Mm -hmm. there you go. And it's not like once in a while, it's constant
0: you know um, that's
1: that's that's best. why there's no there's no come down because i, I am
0: season. i'm constantly in anticipation of being excited for b dave walters <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it, there, there
0: was there was another
1: stream Downstop i did in, in
0: in the
2: going joke as they would log in and every week they were like congrats on that thing b dave and i'm like i didn't tell you what it was and they but like they're like but we knew it was something and i'm like well <laughs> you're not you're not wrong you know nah, you're not not
0: wrong yeah no. mm-hmm um well first off hey listeners sorry, sorry that uh we we uh didn't record a podcast last two weeks things came up and i also didn't tweet about it last week so i just left you high and dry and i'm really sorry about that so I we were beset by plague <laughs> in the buffets and vicissitudes of life yes yeah that exactly
3: mm-hmm. but
0: uh to to make it up a little bit we've got we're gonna start things off with a listener question
3: What?
0: This says, hi, everyone. I absolutely adore your podcast and look forward to new episodes and new tangents. Sorry again. I was hoping to get some advice about going on submission. I just went on sub with my, parentheses, hopefully, debut middle grade novel um and i was doing great uh working on my next book reading watching chuck etc until my first rejection rolled in about a week out i realized that this uh is that so many authors hear radio silence for weeks or months so i'm grateful that i hear uh, heard anything at all but i also uh but also, how do you balance staying cautiously optimistic and thinking that everything <laughs> that every editor hates your book? Uh, thank you f- for all that you do uh, for the author community who signed a very anxious tangerino.
1: <laughs> so, going on submission is um, kind of so you you do the querying, you get the agent, and then you go on submission, um, which means your agent takes it out and tells people they think will love it, how they will love it, and then you wait. Um, And it's it's not the same kind of torture as querying, but it's a kind of torture. (laughs) Um, I think the, and I guess you can also submit things to uh, publishers without an agent. There are publishers that will take it, but usually when people say going on submission, I feel like they mean they mean this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if I'm wrong about that, my apologies. And we can talk about the other version too. I assume it's pretty similar. Um, there's a lot of waiting for people to read your book. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of people telling you, no, thank you for the book because they, you know, they have a, a limited number of slots and you, you might be uh competing with things that are very similar that you don't have, that you and your agent don't know about. Mm -hmm. Um, You might have done a thing that that editor just like really doesn't like. Um, And so they're not the right one for that. Um, There's a lot of reasons that they might pass, um, but they're not because, you know, and honestly, I think the big there's a couple of big things here. One, it's a really big deal to get to this point. Mm-hmm. It is a very exciting big deal. And please do not lose sight of that. Congratulations. Yeah. You finished the book. You got someone to take it out on submission. Um, you got people to read it. That's all really awesome. Um, and and so that part, I think, is it can be hard to hold on to, but it's important because it's badass. Um, I think there's a certain amount you have to figure out a way to... Uh, counteract that feeling Um, and so maybe it is every time you hear back a no you do something nice for yourself Mm -hmm. Um, it might be that you you my experience going on submission was a lot of hearing nothing and thinking that my book fell into the void because I went on submission during the pandemic and people's timelines got very screwy and so you know I uh, sold a book to someone who took I think it was seven months before mm. that's a long time to be sitting on a book but also when at what time is alive the before times <laughs> what is a long time Sure. Um, so yeah i mean it's similar to querying in that you have to figure out a way to do this thing which involves a lot of necessarily involves a, uh, a higher degree of rejection um some people might you know have the beloved like i sold my book in three days at auction but mm. it doesn't happen a lot. More often, you're looking for one yes, and that yes will be great, um, and you just have to wait for it. And the best thing you can do is work on the next book and get excited about the next book, um, but I acknowledge it's very difficult when you are uh, sitting around waiting and hearing no's.
0: Yeah. Th- this uh, is honestly the part besides querying that I am the most anxious for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... For me, um, (laughs) the
2: smile, (laughs) (laughs) no, I, I mean, obviously, yes, I agree with everything that Aaron just said. I think the number one thing to keep in mind is you not getting picked up or you getting a rejection doesn't necessarily mean your stuff isn't good it doesn't even necessarily mean your stuff's not spectacular like how many times have you heard that story of i was rejected 40 times and then the 41st person published it now it's the biggest thing in the world you know to what aaron was saying uh you don't know what else you're up against uh you don't know what is just their taste because this is still subjective Mm -hmm. i think the thing you got to be mindful of is if you're fortunate enough to get some feedback and not just form letters, if you're fortunate enough to get some feedback, pay attention to it and see if you hear Mm -hmm. consistent things, you know, they're like, uh, it takes too long to get started or it collapses in the middle or the main character is a narcissistic asshole that everyone will hate. Or, you know what I mean? If you start to hear a certain through line, Mm -hmm. then maybe that's something that you need to work on. Mm -hmm. uh but if you just get a lot of like this is great but not for us i mean that is literally the game yeah yeah Um, and that's
1: another thing like you'll get those rejections where it's like oh we like it but we have to be really selective and you just have to you can't read the tea leaves in it because it that's not an answer um i like it but it's not for me there's nothing you can do with that information um Mm -hmm. It is just how it goes. It takes time, like settle in for a marathon. Um, the uh, I'm I didn't do anything when I went on submission because I thought this will be easier than querying. Um, I think mostly what I did was I kind of tried to forget that book, which, you know, I don't recommend because now it actually is getting published, which is great. But then I have to go and like, you know, copy edit it and proofread it and write, write a sequel and stuff. And then you have to care about it. <laughs>
3: and so the shift,
1: the gear shift is sometimes a little tricky on that one, but yeah. So as much as possible, just like leave that to its devices, write something new, um, you know, and, and do, do, so do what it takes to kind of get over those humps. Cause they're going to keep coming. Um, yep. Hopefully. They will be stopped by a passionate editor who says, Oh my God, I understand exactly what you were going for and I love this. Yeah. Um and but 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 there's gonna be, you know, just necessarily, there's gonna be a lot of notes in the mm-hmm. in the run up to the yes. Um and good luck. I will Absolutely. say when I did querying, I don't know if this helps, is that I just you can't really, it's harder for submissions to say I only I only read my email on Tuesday um because they're sort of coming you know if your agent's sending it out you can tell your agent like i only want to hear that's actually a good point so if you are uh, if an agent is taking your novel out you can tell your agent i don't want to hear when there's rejections i only want to hear when there's a yes mm. you can tell your agent i want you at the end of the month to tell me what you've heard back
3: mm. whatever
1: that is like discuss this with them because they will be willing to sort of meet you where you need to be um And if you're like, I don't want to keep hearing these. I don't want to keep being surprised by this. I want to know this answer is coming and be able to like, you know, brace. You're allowed to do that. You're like, tell me everything and send me copies of every response you get. You can do that too. Like, you know, I want to have a weekly check-in, you know, your agent might be willing to do that. They might just be telling you a lot of nobody's replied yet. Um, but have that conversation with them. Now, if you're sending it out to presses that have an open call, that's a little more like, you know, submitting a short story or like querying. And so, you know, it might be the, I'm not actually sure. I feel like for a lot of those, they don't have any rules about simultaneous submissions. So you might've sent it out and just be waiting to hear back from a bunch of different publishers. And it's kind of the same thing. Like in that case, I'd treat it more like querying and say, okay, if you don't want to keep getting these hits out of nowhere, you know, set up a special email for it and then choose when you check that email um, and just sort of make that space if it's not, if not pleasant, but otherwise, yeah, keep working on the next thing, take the space and time you need to like absorb the, the no and move along because it's, you know, it's going to keep happening. Um, But uh, it's not the end.
2: Yep. It's, yeah, it's, it's, this is the most part of the game this part of the game but i'll tell you what i did get to do had some friends in from out of town hadn't seen them in about 10 years uh we're all went out uh we're bopping through Lay barnes and noble and i just stopped to see if my book was on the shelf and it was (laughs) and i got to be able to be like oh this old thing And they bought one and got me to sign it. So there was another layer of the fulfillment of just seeing it is getting to show it to someone else that didn't know it was there. So stick with it. It can't be done. Start
0: working on the next thing. That's my advice. The, the, the last thing I'll say about uh, rejection letters is that I've been trying to psych myself up for a long time that getting those is still an achievement because it still mm-hmm. means that I'm doing something. Oh yep. my God,
1: for real. Like, yeah. like if you imagine just the the slope of like your writing career, right? Yeah. Like yep. Lots of people want to write.
3: -hmm. Lots
1: and lots of people want to write. Now, how many people sit down and actually start writing? That's a smaller number. How many people actually finish a thing? Smaller number. How many people? The smallest of numbers. Right? Like, there's actually like a huge tail on that one. Like, how many people actually polish the thing they've written? Like, even fewer. And then, like, how many people take the you know get up the the nerve to show it to someone? Even smaller. How many people get up the urge? Get up the nerve to like? To, like, take notes and change things, even smaller. Send it out, even smaller. Like, like it just gets narrower and narrower. Yeah. And even, like, for sending it out, I always, one of the things that I always told people when I read slush, so I read unsolicited manuscripts, so people send things in, not because an agent has sort of brought it to you, but because you've said, send me what you got. An open slush pile like that, like, the number of manuscripts you reject because they don't actually fit what you've asked for is like a staggering proportion Mm -hmm. a lot of the time it's like half of it you can Mm -hmm. just go we don't publish children's books we don't publish memoirs about how you lost 50 pounds we don't publish like uh uh, literary fiction we're a science fiction and fantasy publisher none of this stuff works um i hope that people who are well actually i probably doesn't i'm like i hope people who are bigger than the the people I was reading Slush for don't have this proportion issue, but it's probably worse because they're mm. like, mm, Tor seems big. They'll publish it. Tor does <laughs> not have... Well, I don't know. Sometimes they have open periods. Anyway... Like you, you, you get smaller and smaller. So like you, you write something, you finish something, you polish something, you know, you send it out for someone else to read and you've looked at the guidelines. You are actually in a tiny sliver of the population at this point, yeah. even yeah. if it isn't like, okay, yeah, this is ready for publication and we are the publishers for it. Like you've already achieved something very few people manage to do. And you should pat yourself on the back.
0: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Well, hopefully that makes you uh, a less anxious Tangerino. Uh, but uh, you know, listeners, be sure you can write in uh, to writingaboutdragonsandshit@gmail.com with your own questions, and we're happy to answer them and talk about them. Yep. Um. Keep swinging. T- keep mm-hmm. swinging. For I tonight- some- Wait,
1: wait. I have something else. Oh, I thought of because oh. mm-hmm. actually, so um, so I have a fairly tight knit writing group, and one of the members is going to start querying mm-hmm. her novel, and she's never done this before. Um, And one of the other members, Susan, who's amazing, came up with this great idea. She basically made her like a querying advent calendar. So every one of them has a little box, a little drawer with a little uh, treat like inside that we've got for her. And then like a little note that's like, hey, you're a badass. And I think that's really wonderful. And so if you have someone who can make something for you like that, that's great. But also you can make it for yourself. It's you true. can just like write yourself these notes from the beginning and just be like, or you know what? Also, you could just buy a box of chocolate and eat the chocolate and then go on Twitter and go to B. Dave Walter's Twitter feed because <laughs> it is full of wonderful, positive energy. And I highly recommend it.
2: That is true. You can DM me and I'll tell you something. <laughs> <how> you, but, <laughs> yeah.
1: you should just, they should go through and like, this is very ridiculous and slightly like grandma energy. Yeah. Print out your tweets and like fold them up and put them in the little advent box (laughs) 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 with a piece of chocolate or a sticker
2: every every like seventh one will be like a picture of dick butt with a hershey's (laughs) kiss
3: that's
1: true mix it up a little bit because you know that's that's the joy of your twitter i really enjoy your twitter feed.
0: i appreciate that thank you thank you for your service thank you
3: for stopping
1: by (laughs)
0: The other option is uh just you know going and uh getting an advent calendar and just using it for that i mean it's the end of May. barnes and nobles probably putting them out by now um (laughs) i don't say that from experience uh (laughs) so for tonight i thought a interesting topic to talk about and one that erin said that she has uh opinions about uh Mm -hmm. is the multiple point of view book um this is something that uh you know i do feel is fairly common in genre Yep. Um, but, uh, it does have its pitfalls. So where, where do y'all want to start with multiple? Oh, I do. I do want to clarify this. I do want to talk about the, f- uh, film aspect of this too, for script of like changing who you're following and Ooh, whatnot, just yeah. as a heads up B-Day.
2: I'm gonna uh, just say one quick thing and then I'm gonna unleash the full ferocity of this armed and operational Aaron <laughs> of the Thousand Evans.
1: Can you tell you haven't done this for two weeks and I've had a glass of wine? Because I feel like I'm talking a ton. <laughs>
2: yeah, but I mean, but that's literally what the fans paid to see. Yeah, this no is, no one is you, upset about this, this. You said that literally. like someone is upset. If, if they are they're, the they're wrong. Content. Yeah, literally the content we subscribe for. Uh two things. Uh George R. R. Martin's dead to me. And um Cause we're talking about a point of view characters. You know, what's That's funny. I mentioned that like last week and somebody was like, why, what do you do? And I was like, there's still
0: time. I think you know, the word has not reached the masses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What you <laughs> tell them is, okay, well you gotta go listen to writing about tracks. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> <laughs> you will find out at land.
2: Always um, plug the pod. <laughs> I taught, I taught a writing class. And one of the day's topics was why George R. R. Martin is dead to me. And that was the whole, yeah. Um. So, um
1: there's a lot to learn now
2: you if you're going to do multiple points of view which i like i i I do i do frequently but i do it more out of um out of necessity not necessarily jumping character to character but jumping place to place if that Mm -hmm. makes sense like Mm -hmm. i mean if if we're if the if the avengers are fighting in downtown new york and hulk and thor and grand central station and hawkeye and black widow are up on the street near the met you know what i mean then it's like you got different points of view Yep. um or i mean i'll usually pick one and stick with it but uh, we'll get deeper into the minutia of that i was just gonna say one of the things you have to decide early is whether or not you're going to have any sort of omnipotent narrator or not mm-hmm. or if you're going to be completely limited by the things they know because then you're telling a different story, which Mm -hmm. is what it is in the books of Game of Thrones, the first three of which are fantastic. Four and five do not exist, and six and seven will never come out, but that's why I brought up the George R. Martin (laughs) (laughs) like quite dead to me. So, yeah, just uh, leaving that out there, because a lot of times it can get confusing to people if you have an unreliable narrator, because I find as time passes, people expect that less and less, unless you make it like really obvious Mm -hmm. that it's like, it's a sunny day. And then the character is like, sucks
0: that it's raining.
2: You
3: know what I mean? Like, mean like, like, it,
0: like, have the yeah. hidden villain of the Watchmen wear eyeliner and glare at everyone in every scene that he's in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Exactly. You know, oh my goodness. real subtle-like.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yes. Please. The Aaron has cleared the planet. Please. Yes. Fire.
1: So I think there are i i love writing multiple point of view i am not actually good at limiting myself to one point of view um because it the the shape of the story you tell with each of those tools is different um so telling a single point of view you're definitely sort of following the path of one character you're telling a person's story um, if you're doing multiple points of view, you've widened the story in a lot of ways. And the, a lot of the story happens in the way those points of view bounce off of each other. And if they don't bounce off of each other, you can still do it, but it gets trickier to maintain. And I think this is where you run into the first pitfall, which is that a lot of people will tell you they don't like multiple point of view because frequently there's one character and you see it's their chapter or scene and you go, and you skip them because that character is not pulling their weight um so one thing that i was told early on is that if you are going to do multiple point of view uh really each point of view character should have a complete arc Mm
3: -hmm. if
1: they don't have a complete arc you probably don't need that point of view now as i've written more books there have been places where i've seen okay you can have You know, a point of view that just sort of pops up for a moment in order to sort of of show something about one of the existing points of view or like add in some information that changes your understanding of the story. But that's actually more of an advanced move than I think it seems at first flush. Mm. Um, that a lot of times you see people when they start out writing go, oh, I can just pop into like all the heads as I pass and it creates this really textured world. But the thing you have to balance is that texture and that sort of depth of story you can get with how much are you fucking confusing people? Yeah, <laughs> It gets difficult, right? When you get up to really huge casts, like you you really have to be able to manage it. And they really all need to start to kind of bounce off of each other and feed into each other. This is where it helps to have a really strong sense of theme, um, which we've brought up a lot, but it's a good way to kind of keep them tight because the more they spread, the more stories you're asking people to keep track of, the more they start to go like, wait, who is this again? I don't remember. and so those are the kind of the big things. Make sure that you've got, you know, that your points of view all have sort of strong arcs if you're, if you're going to include them. Um, make sure that they're, uh, that they're sort of speaking to each other in ways that that if you took one out, the other would probably become weaker for it. Um, And, and figuring out ways that they all can hit sort of the same thematic beats, and that helps keep it tighter so that you don't have that big spread. And this is another thing, is if you ever have a point where you are bringing in a point of view, because you haven't heard from them in a while, um, really stop and consider if you need that point of view, or if that story needs to be better. Because, like, realistically... I'm
0: I'm just shaking younger Trevor by the throat in my head. (laughs) (laughs) I've literally had the thought, I haven't seen them for a while, they need a chapter.
1: I'm like, there's still a sense of that. Like, say you've got a book and you've decided you have five points of view. You do need to hit them all in a regular cadence, because otherwise people will forget one of them exists.
3: Mm -hmm. But
1: if the reason they're coming in is solely, I haven't heard from them in a while... (laughs) Their story is not. I'm attractive. still alive. You maybe well, don't even need it.
2: Also, this comes back to one of those times where it's even harder to pants multiple points of view because you lose track mm-hmm. of what you said, who, where, and when, and what's a better mm-hmm. time for this person to show up and for what?
3: Yeah. Yeah. And this That's is it. actually- I just,
0: I just had to shade- I just had to shade pants again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got George R. R. Martin is dead to me. Pansey is back. What it's been we two testing? weeks. So I got to hit all my greatest hits.
2: What
1: what else is on the bingo list?
0: Soon, I don't know. We'll get to it when we
2: get yeah, there. We'll, 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 we'll find. It. It I, it I find haven't it said. Out. I haven't said something's not not something yet. Yeah, <laughs> a, that's true, but we're not done. Okay. We got some we'll time see. on the clock. We'll see.
1: Um, mm-hmm. So that's another thing. Like if you have multiple point of view, sometimes what happens. This is this is sort of in the sort of pitfalls category that you'll be writing a scene and you'll be writing it from a point of view. And you're like, this is not actually working. Um, And you realize it's because it's in the wrong perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually the first choice is like you pick the person who's like most important in the scene, the person whose action matters the most, but it can be the case that like, okay, actually you need to shift it. So that because the person who's changed the most is the, is someone who's observing the action and And so you'll have to redo it, which is one of those like you can outline it and also realize that you need to tweak the outline because that's fair. Um, But multiple point of view gives you that opportunity. Um, So if a scene is sort of like this is the action doesn't actually sort of change this character. Maybe the action stays. The action's fine. The point of view just has to shift Mm -hmm. because you can change the tenor of a scene a lot by shifting who is responding to it. (laughs)
2: It also it also can be difficult, too, because I think a lot of people give this as an opportunity to themselves to start monologuing, you know, Mm. um, that the same thing that any sentence that starts with, as you know, should not be in it, you know, like people don't villains don't wax poetical in their own head about the Grandmaster plan, you know. They're not thinking to themselves the moment they enter the cave and hit the tripwire, all the rocks will fall down and crush them. <laughs> you know? So
1: I do love the idea of like a slightly anxious villain who's like, Is everything ready? Is everything ready? <laughs> okay, so they're gonna walk through the door. Let's just go through it really quick, guys. Let's just walk run through, through it door. real quick. Just one more run. The they're gonna hit the tripwire, minion number three, you've hit the tripwire. wire, the tripwire's in place. Great, you can survive. They'll cross the tripwire, rocks will fall. The rocks will fall and that will crush them if it doesn't crush them what are we gonna do are we ready with the lasers are we ready with the lasers have we tested them <laughs> like you've just seen a glimpse of me as a supervillain i think but <laughs> enjoy
0: it love it um so when it comes to like one of the things that i i've heard <laughs>
2: Wait, I, I know you're trying to change the subject <laughs> I'm just like, mm, be alright. We'll draw some rocks on them or something. Be fine.
0: You know? So wait, are yeah. we gonna are we yeah. gonna outline the three of us being super villains? But B Dave's been the one that's been doing it for a long time now, and Aaron and Aaron and I are really nervous about the first time heroes are coming in. He's like, I'm,
1: we're gonna drop rocks, and I'm like, but I brought I just brought some some chlorine gas just in case.
0: I'm like,
2: look, I got some kryptonite, you know. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna choke the shit out of some of them with the forest. It'll be alright. Don't worry about it. <laughs> going will be good. Oh my be, god, be a be dark home, yeah.
0: Jedi uh, 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 Joker.
2: We'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah. be home in time for some purple milk. It'll be <laughs> fine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things that I've heard with multiple PO, POV is uh, to essentially think about it as um, when you're working on the book that essentially every character is adding 100 pages to what you have oh. there. Do, do, oh. do you find that to be accurate Mom.
2: that's strong i mean again
1: yeah.
2: you know the books he wrote before his untimely end um you know the the song of ice and fire books are chunk but they're not like 800 900 pages and they've yeah. all got five or six point of view characters so I, I don't
0: i don't know that that innately is a is a line i i, I do think that it, it comes down to like the way that you're doing it because yeah. like aaron yeah you were talking about the you know every character having that full arc and whatnot and i know that there i mean there's there's fantasy novels that have characters that are that have point of views that never meet i mean game of thrones Mm -hmm. like they split everybody up in the first book they don't really see each other again
1: yeah and i think that's a case there where um where the thematic cross tension is Mm -hmm. there so that you you learn something here and it, but I also feel like that's a book where I have heard people say, "Oh, but I skip all the so and so parts." Mm. Um, so I don't know. Maybe that's an example of it, like maybe not being as successful. Yeah, I don't remember having that problem personally, but because um, with, with
0: the ah uh, sorry if you heard that I hit my so, mic. Um, well, <laughs> one of the things I was going to say real quick is like the Aaron the book that you read. I I have multiple point of views in that, and I almost treated it like handing off the story because yeah. it was all telling the the same story because all the characters interact and whatnot. And I just kind of handed off who needed to do what part and where, and then looked at like, okay, does that need some, some mo- further explanation in a chapter for them earlier? And that's kind of how I built out who got what chapters mm-hmm. where,
3: yeah. um,
0: how do you all normally go about like deciding in the, in there, like where, point of views are coming in
1: so some of it is that sense of like who hasn't had their scene lately Mm -hmm. kind of thing but also it is that sense of like who's and and then and with a little mm, a little twist on that because I think that you want to keep the the mix pretty good that people keep coming in um they each have their own story they each have their own path through the story, so it may be that you go, okay, well, this isn't kind of this part needs to move up so that they can hit that sooner, um, and that sense of feeling out the scenes and going, okay, who's going to be the most impactful telling this story? Who's going to change the most mm-hmm. if this with, at this point of the scene? Who's going to reveal the most? Who's going to add the most to the storytelling this scene? Insofar mm-hmm. um, as the question about hundred pages, like I think that depends on if you are kind of siloing the characters and they're spreading out, you're going to add a lot more. Um, Brimstone Angels is 320 pages, I think. No, it's 340, I guess. Mm -hmm.
3: 339.
1: 339, it has five point of view characters. Okay. Um, Now, later books have more point of view characters and they did get longer. So it is not inaccurate to say adding more points of view will extend your story. Yeah. But this is the thing. It will extend it more if you are telling separate stories that don't ever overlap, Yeah, right? There are scenes in these books where, you know, multiple point of view characters are in them and they will all experience the same event and then react to it in sort of different scenes falling out. And that's gonna take less time than Farida uh, has this experience, and she has this reaction. Havlar has this experience; she has this reaction. Doll has this experience; he has this reaction. When they're spread out like that, and they're not crossing over, you do spread it out more.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, oh, I'm finished. Sorry.
1: That's it. That was a that was a <laughs> transitional ah.
2: Uh. You, uh, said, so I'd like to feel like I know your transitional us but you never know when you're like you you were. It was <laughs> Doctor Ian Malcolm, ah, uh, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, You, you, you also have to ask yourself, you know, always stay mindful of the theme. Like what, what, what is this story about? I mean, Mm -hmm. kill your darlings gets thrown around a lot, but eh, do you need this? Is it is, is the book a single battle? And you're moving around to different people on the battle. There's a, there's a, a guy on the front line, a person in the original charge. There's the dude playing the drums. You know, there's a sniper in the tree. There's the commander on the hill is your story about a city is your story about a time period. Is it about a sequence of events? Is it about a family? Is it about a, you know, what are these points of view pointing towards? and why mm-hmm. and is this the most effective way to tell it i mean don't just do it because it's cool or because you feel like it i know it's art and subjective or whatever but i mean it's
1: <laughs> yeah. I, make your artwork for you
0: i will yeah. say that what i did for like the 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 climactic fight in the book that aaron read i 100 percent did just because i wanted to do it and i thought it was cool where i just started changing PO, uh, povs uh, <laughs> depending on whose action of plane was there <laughs> well i mean in the 2012
2: Avengers movie, that sequence where they're fighting all over New York and you get to see a few seconds of each of them is the best part
0: of
1: the, mm-hmm. of
2: the whole
0: movie. So, yeah. Yeah. I
1: mean, it can work. Yeah, it can
0: um, be done. Just be mindful of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm not um, saying I did
0: it well. I just said I did because I want to. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think, too, multiple point of view is really good for increasing, like, cross-tension. So, like, tension between characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because the way that, for example, use published, published stuff, um, the way that Farida experiences something is not the way Havilar experiences something. Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. there's a difference there, does it cause something between them? Um, Farida goes, uh, in Brimstone Angels, at one point, Farida and Havilar and this boy Bryn go out, they get, uh, they're they're sort of meant to go get food. They get attacked by an owlbear. Farida and Brynn go this way. Havilar goes this way. And Havilar ends up going back to camp not knowing what happened to them. Mm. But then Farida ran off with some boy that she actually, Havilar has a crush on. So this is oh. terrible. Farida is not interested in this boy, just to be clear. But now, so we see Farida's experience and then we see Havilar's experience of like, Like dealing with the fact that her sister is not only separating from her and becoming someone else, but also maybe, maybe into this boy, but now she's not telling me things. And what's that all about? So you see this same moment cast in different ways from different Mm -hmm. perspectives. And then you understand like this tension that's growing between them. Um, And you get that ability, you can do that sort of thing with a single point of view. It is possible to have this character just explain how they feel, but you do get a lot more opportunities to show it. So if it's a book that is more about relationships um, between characters, multiple point of view gives you a lot of that opportunity.
3: Um,
1: And similarly, like I just uh, listened to She Who Became the Sun" by Shelley Parker Chan, so this is a multi-point of view book. There are two um, two particular points of view: um, uh, Zhu Changba and the eunuch general, and they're opposed, right? They're kind of antagonistic to each other. And as you go through the book, um, they're very different people. But by the time you get to the end, you see they are reflections of each other. Mm-hmm. And so having that opportunity strengthens the theme in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. um, which is like, what are the things we'll do for power? Uh, and so. I think that gives you another opportunity to sort of explore your theme from different angles, um, which says more about – it ends up saying things about each of them by juxtaposing them.
3: Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, if you have one group of people know something that another group of people doesn't and it's really important. Like the people on the coast know the tsunamis come and the people inland don't, you know? Or um, – Again, exactly how they're going to react to some things because back in the first three and only three books of uh, A Song of Ice and Fire. (laughs) Although, actually, I think Cersei was a point of view character in the fourth one, but that was one of the things you got Jamie as a point of view character, and you're like, oh, he's not as bad as I thought he was. When you start seeing, like, he's like, everybody calls me the Kingslayer, but they don't know he was about to kill everybody in King's Landing, you know? And you're like, but I don't say anything because I'm just going to sound like I'm complaining type thing. And you're like, oh, bro. And then you get to Cersei's part, and you're like, "Oh, she's so much worse." Oh
0: yeah, I <laughs> I, I remember I, I yeah. remember opening the third book, and like one of the very first chapters is it says Jamie, I'm just like, "Ah, oh, nah, come, I don't want to read from Jamie's point of view." And by the end, it was like, "Ah, fuck, that was pretty good." Then I opened the fourth book, and I see Cersei, I'm like, "Fuck no, nope, hell no, hate this." <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. So. But, uh, Oh, Oh, no, please. No, no, please.
0: Okay. Well, one of of the things that you were saying there, though, Aaron, is something that I do really like that multiple point of views can do, which is essentially give you information that this other character you're reading doesn't have. So Mm -hmm. you, the reader, know it. And they're just going like, but no, it's fine. Calm down. Everything's chill. You're freaking (laughs) out making bad decisions because you don't have the information that I do. (laughs) I love that shit.
1: It is a thing you have to handle carefully.
3: Yeah, Mm -hmm. because I
1: think there's, um, there's a time. There's like a ticking clock.
3: Once Mm -hmm. your
1: reader knows something, the longer it takes the character to figure out, the more you get annoyed at the character not figuring it out. Um, but that moment of like dramatic irony can be really powerful, and it is something you get you get to do with multiple point of view that you don't get to necessarily do with a single point of view. You can. There's times, but.
0: Uh, I, I, I just remember back to, like, one of my favorite uh, uh, times in English class in high school was dr- learning about dramatic irony, and uh, the, 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 I love that stuff. <laughs> um... One of the other questions that I had was, when it comes to writing the book, when you're mm-hmm. doing uh, multiple point of views, are you, are you writing the whole thing out and switching point of views, or are you writing a point of view straight through and then going to another one? Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no.
1: no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. That no. sounds like insanity. Yeah, absolutely not. I know. Like, okay, I will say this. I know there are books that have been written that way. I've heard that uh Connie Willis wrote the Doomsday book like that because the alternating chapters are um in the past and in the present. I don't know uh, if that's true, but mm. I have heard she wrote all of the present and then all of the past. Okay. Or maybe vice versa.
0: I could that, that makes sense.
1: But I, I don't know if that's true. But the idea, yeah, the idea of doing it separately seems absolutely bonkers no, that's me. that's
2: that's bad shit yeah no uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> i mean if 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 absolutely nothing else for the sake of your pacing you know yes. what i mean that that yes. you know the the waves of the narrative if if you're not careful you'll hit like maybe something really tragic happens and then there's this hardship to slapstick you know or you stay down too long or up too long or you know like the pieces won't connect yeah you know? right yeah yeah yeah,
1: yeah. I, I
2: wish don't. you could have
0: seen our faces the I private, really like, <laughs> like, and i really do
2: like no no don't do that it
0: was such a visceral uh, reaction from the like, both of you
1: <laughs> i will say whatever gets you to finish the book you should do that so if you have been successfully finishing projects by doing it this way and now you're like oh no don't listen yeah, to don't us. Yeah. however 99 percent of you point nine 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 who don't do it this way don't start please. i know you up. you
2: can't see my not too sure about it face right now but even <laughs> if that's how you wrote it we might have just discovered why it's not getting published i don't know
1: dude. <laughs>
3: I don't know. I'm gonna leave. I, I don't know. leave maybe, the door maybe, open. Maybe, yeah. Maybe
1: sometimes you may be the chosen one. Do cuckoo things yeah. to get stuff done, but yeah. yeah, yeah, That makes me break out in a cold sweat. Like, yeah,
2: they're from the <laughs> 70, they're from the 75th century, and they're doing things like we don't we don't get.
1: I think maybe, <gasps> maybe
2: because what you said, Erin, when you were like, I don't know if this is how she does it. I could see writing a present or future story beginning, middle and end. Yeah. And then writing the prequel, knowing where it needs to hook in. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then kind of chopping that and interspersing it. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) maybe.
3: Yeah. Yeah. uh,
1: Because that's the thing is like, if you're gonna do multiple points of view, if you're gonna do a split narrative, They need to talk to each other. They can't be two separate stories that you take turns with. Like, have you ever listened to two narcissists have a conversation where they basically just take turns monologuing? It's bizarre and it's not entertaining, except in the way where you're like, how are you functioning? It's it's very weird.
3: (laughs) Like,
1: they need to be communicating. The different pieces need to be communicating with each other somatically or, like, you know, by events or like the tone shifts have to kind of match each other. So if you just have two separate things and you're taking turns, it's gonna show. It's gonna be a little choppy. I don't recommend it. That's yeah. yeah. I That's think I've done that enough times, but still.
2: I mean, but <laughs> we're 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 here to help <laughs> their lives be
0: easier than ours were, though. So we're
1: yeah.
2: Use my knowledge, I beg you.
0: Yeah. So. How do you feel about, um, and this, this also goes into to movies, and I and uh, I, I know this question is probably very dependent on the type of story you're doing, but how do you feel about point of views being villains, like specifically the main villain?
2: I,
1: I you do you do
2: you I, I, I was just gonna, I like it fine because remember the villain is the hero of their story. Mm-hmm. Um, I like not ambiguity in the sense that I, I don't like the recent turn of storytelling as of late that everybody was kind of morally gray and everybody's kind of wrong. You know what I mean? Nobody's good. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of evidence that current audiences, especially younger audiences don't want that life is ambiguous. You know, it's like, tell Mm -hmm. me who the bad guy is. Mm -hmm. But, but that being said, as we've talked about many times, the most effective villains, things make a lot of sense from their point of view. Like Killmonger made a lot of sense. Magneto Mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense. The Joker made a lot of sense. You're like, we still have to, I mean, Dark Knight Joker, Joker, movie Joker made no fucking sense at all. Dark Knight Joker, (laughs) Um, but you you know, so if you can give the audience that where they're reading it, they're like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. You know what I mean? That it's like, he must be stopped, but oh, that's good, you know?
1: That, I think, is the key. Your villain has a point of view. They need an arc. If your villain is a static obstacle and you give me peeks at them, all you're doing is creating some dramatic irony. And I will catch on to that trick very quickly. If your villain is somebody that I'm going to kind of go, oh, well, you're not entirely wrong. Or like I go, oh, you could get off this path. Maybe you will.
3: Oh, or yeah. if
1: they go through their evil plan and then go, oh no, what did I do? Like if you, if something changes for them, like, yes, I love that. But yep. again, if you, what you have is an obstacle in you know human form, I don't need the point of view there. Yeah. You explain to me like the reason they're evil And it's just like, oh, because, you know, they were kicked as a small child, and then we're done. We don't like have any movement here. It didn't, that's not actually a reason. Like, if you're like, sometimes evil people are evil for evil reasons. Did you think about that? Yes, yep. now we're yeah. done, and mm-hmm. I don't care. Like, you don't need to give a point of view to every villain. But the villains where there is an arc where we get to see, like, the person get to that point, or the person try to leave that point, or, you know, just something. Some kind of, you know, growth and change. Even if it's a growth and change towards more evilness, mm-hmm. then I'm there for it.
0: It's fair.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean... um, I mean, again, I go back to—I—I I, I think more than anything, you, you can never take your eye off the ball with theme, and I think people do it a lot. It's it, what—and when and just for the record, when when I say theme, what I mean is, what's your story about? Mm-hmm. What's the point you're trying to make? Now, like, yeah, pe- quick quick point mm-hmm. of
0: yes. clarification on that. Do you mm-hmm. mean theme as the book as a whole, or theme as that character's plot? Both. It
1: should both be the okay. same. They <laughs> okay. should yeah. both fit together.
0: Yeah. Okay. It, 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 well, it, it's all the pieces
2: have to come together in this mosaic to make the picture of the book. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That 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 if, if you're let's just, I mean, this is this would be let me take one step back. When I say theme again, is what is stories about. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. often confuse that with what happens. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, not what happens, what's the story about? Yeah. Star Wars is not about. Luke Skywalker blowing up the Death Star. It is it at least in Star Wars by itself about the kid from nowhere can be the most influential person in the galaxy. You know the yeah. the, the the person that everybody counted out can have the biggest impact. It kind of changes into a redemption arc of the tragedy of Anakin Skywalker, right? Yep. But you know all of the other things are subtext to that. If you have a very 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 basic theme like the good guys always win. You know, good always wins per uh, triumphs over evil. Well, by definition, the bad guys either got to be redeemed or lose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yep. their arc and theme may I mean, in no you, way get there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you punish people for being good in that theme, you've broken the theme.
2: Exactly. When you, wins, you
1: reward people for being shitty, you've broken the theme, or you're doing well, a different it,
2: theme. Well, in all, all, all jokes aside about game of Thrones, that's why everybody hated the ending of season eight because they rushed it. But that was George RR Martin's point. He said it many times, yeah. the good mm-hmm. guys don't always win. Mm-hmm. He's been steering towards this thing. That was just gonna end shittily, which is why the books will never come out. Cause he knows he can't do it yeah. because yeah. at the end of the day, no one actually wants that. But you know when when you are making these choices about about uh, narration, about points of view, about characterization, about the events of the story, always keep in your mind you know what what is it that I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like what, what is it that I'm saying? Um, that's your thing, you know yeah. so uh, so too so to-
1: useful. It's so powerful and so useful because another yeah. thing is like I am bad at spotting my theme until I've got a first draft. Um, And then I know what I was saying. And then I know how to revise it because then I can spot the places where I stopped saying the thing that the book's about. Uh, And I can find the places where the characters are working against the theme and I can tidy it up. Um, So if you're like, I don't know what this is. This is about space cowboys. Like, (laughs) that's okay. Get to the end and realize this is about like, what does power do? to people, right? Yeah. Like Star Wars yep. in a lot of ways is what does power do to people? Yep. A lot of different reflections. Um, and that is that is the kind of thing we're talking about too. If you do multiple points of view, it's not that everybody has the same journey. It's that everybody is responding to the same kind of big question. Yep. Um, Brimstone Angels is six books long. And what it's about is um, how do you make your identity? Uh, uh-huh. Are you what you are born to be based on what people think? or are you something else that you make yourself into? Are you connected? You know, a lot of it is the story of how your family of origin, how your family becomes your family of origin. How do you leave the thing that you grow up in the middle of? And and what do you need to sacrifice to do that? And that's the story of Frida. It's the story of Havlar. It's also the story of Lorcan the Cambian, right? Like it's the story of Dahl the Harper and all their stories are different but they all nest together in this concept. How do you become your whole self? And what mm. do you keep and what do you shed? And how do you make those decisions? Now, it's also about fighting fucking devils. <laughs> yeah,
2: sure. Right. I mean, of course. Like,
1: so it doesn't, it's not like the thing that you put on the cover copy necessarily, but it's the thing deep down, the bones of it that tie it all together. In I your wa-
2: journey into individuation, fighting fucking devils is what, like Jung put, you know, right <laughs> under self I have, actualization. I have,
0: <laughs> I have a big wall behind my computer monitor now, and I just want a framed canvas that just has that inspirational ass speech that Aaron just mm-hmm. said and then in big bold letters but it's also about fighting I mean, fucking devils
2: just <laughs> like life you know but 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 being being mindful of your theme will help inform your decisions when there's times i mean as we've talked about previously you know in, in a perfect world your characters will come to life so much that they will tell you what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, they will tell you if they're going to shoot or not shoot. But, but if you re- truly are at a crossroads of like, does Luke Skywalker blow up the Death Star before it gets Yavin 4? You know what I mean? Because there, there's there's a story there of he doesn't make mm-hmm. it or he doesn't make it yeah. quite in time. You know, the shot yeah. goes off and then he hits it. I mean, there's there's ways, you know. But when you're mindful of, well, what's my story actually about? What am I actually trying to say? It will inform those things. Yeah. I mean, in, in, in a different scenario, you know, we're going through designing the End of the Motherlands uh, tabletop role playing game right now. And, and one thing we were very clear from the beginning is this game is about self determination. And so there's plenty of times where you're like, should we do this? Or should we do that? It's a fantasy thing. You could do anything. You're like, should the dogs shoot lasers out of their eyes? I don't know. Do we want laser dogs? Yeah. I mean, the answer <laughs> is yes, always have laser dogs, <laughs> but you know, that's, I, I will stop everything and be like, what's the more self determinate choice. You know, what, yeah. what, what, what puts more hand power in the hands of the individual, not even yeah. necessarily the player in this world. What puts more mm-hmm. power in the hands of the individual and do that thing. You know, yeah. so it will help you.
0: Yeah. Um. God, I had, a, oh, there we go. I was like, I had a question, but that, that I was paying attention too much to that speech to uh, um, remember it. But I did. <laughs> uh. I actually do want to quickly just, you know, br- uh, touch on this. Uh, uh, and actually, I'm going to start with this. b Dave, when you talk about um, coming up with a story, you say that it comes out pretty uh well thought out in your head. Mm. Does, is the theme part of that?
2: Um, I don't know that I'm like, Aaron, where I got to get
0: all the way through a draft before I know. I will say I'm on that side of
2: this.
1: (laughs) I sometimes know before Uh, the end, but.
2: Well, well, like for a Darken Wish, for instance, uh, because I still got Helene on my monitor here in the background. I see. see. (laughs) Um, I knew the story was ultimately a tragedy
0: of yes. her
2: of her personal quest for revenge and the fact that she couldn't see it and then she had every opportunity to turn back and she doesn't until well you know read the yep. book it's available at Barnes and Noble <laughs> but but it was almost like i knew when when in i when i created her in parallel was this idea of almost like the cost of revenge you know um mm-hmm. so everything else almost grew out around that yeah You know, um, so they, they kind of like arrive fully formed, uh, with electro punk, um, a similar thing that, that even though it's a story about twins also, Aaron, a, um, you know, the, the, the sister Ruthie is actually the main character. I mean, Chuck is the Han Solo to her Luke Skywalker type thing, you know, um, and it's about her push is set in 1910 so it's about her pushing back against the constraints of the time and that usually manifests is her fighting a lot of monsters that are way stronger than her but also there's times she just goes face first into things that she really shouldn't because she's just so tired of being told no mm-hmm. yeah. uh you know and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't same thing that idea kind of arrived with her mm-hmm. you know so it's almost like a bit of both for me i guess okay yeah, because
0: yeah. um, I, I will say, Aaron, you, you saying that about uh, uh, coming at the end of the book did make me feel better because, yeah, when uh, most of the time when I'm writing a book, I have no idea what the hell the, the theme is. And uh, that was one of those things that I always wondered, like, should this be something that I know going into it? Um, oh. If anything, I would just say pick one. If
2: any, pick one as you're going through it as a North Star, and then maybe you will find out it wasn't actually that. It really That's was this. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like I'm writing a story about found family, and then you're like, actually, I'm writing a story about fighting fucking devils. (laughs) It can't be
3: both.
2: It's but that's what happens—is the fighting the devils, unless it's your inner devils, and then it's the
1: metaphor. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I will say too, I think, especially if you're doing multiple points of view, right, that you're going to ideally make each of those points that you tap into the theme in a different way, which means your theme is going to get a little less specific every time. Right. So instead of being like, um, you know, Farida's story is a lot about rejecting the sort of the mold people give you because, you know, you're not what necessarily people perceive you as. You are who you act as who you mm-hmm. become right um that's not other characters story but other characters have a similar story of these are the sort of you know what do i choose to take into my myself and my identity and what do i reject um and so they're going to tell different themes like so the the broader theme of the series is not going to be as specific as um i'm not i may look like a monster but i'm not a monster it's going to be something bigger about um, um the way that we individuate and and define our identities. And that's okay, right? Mm -hmm. That you don't have to have a super tight theme when you've added more characters. Now, each of those characters should have sort of a tighter reflection of the theme um, so that you you know that you're giving different angles. If everybody's telling the same story, then you don't need all of those necessarily. Yeah. Um, But so such that like you'll see um you'll see advice sometimes that you want your your theme to be very specific and i think that that becomes more true the narrower the story gets and when you start to broaden it out those points of views become your separate stories um that you want more specificity to
0: okay well um i think that i
1: like theme Uh, yeah
0: yeah (laughs) theme is a fun topic yeah uh, well, I think that is uh, going to do it for this week's episode. We're running out of time here. Um, but any last thoughts on theme or multiple point of views?
1: Maybe we should do it. We, have we done a theme episode? I mean, yeah.
0: they all end up being the theme episode, that's you know? It. That's
1: not true.
2: That's not, not true. It's not not true. Hey,
1: we got there. We got
2: there. <laughs> all right. You have a good night, everybody. <laughs> right, that's it. How are you going to follow that? I, 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 I would just say that... Um, all things being equal I think if you're running into a block anywhere go back to your theme if something's not working something's not hooking together like if that. something's not quite working back go back to the theme what's the point you're trying to make with this uh with this expression and then that should help,
0: help I really like sense. that north star idea too the the, the picking a theme following mm-hmm. that and then if you find one I I really like that I'm gonna I'm gonna take that into my next book mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's my gift to you <laughs> anything from you
1: just the thing i just said
0: there we go that's <laughs> perfect then uh all right friends where can people find you and what awesome things you're working on
1: uh you can find me on twitter at Aaron M. evans you can watch me with these guys every wednesday Yay. 11 a.m pacific on twitch.tv slash Games for champions of lore where we talk about the lore behind idol champions of Forgotten realms you can join me on twitch.tv slash dungeon scrawlers first on Mondays at 1 30 p.m pacific for concentration check a co-writing show so come get some work done with me um and then on Wednesdays at 6 30 p.m pacific for dungeon scrawlers and actual play with a bunch of fantasy writers which I dm sometimes and I play in
3: sometimes
2: B. Dave Walters, I say words about things. You can find me all over the interwebs. Wherever fine streaming content can be located and sometimes also on the old television and also on the shelves of Barnes & Noble. Hey. Uh, just follow me on the tweetograms at
0: B. Dave Walters. And maybe next week he can say what the thing is he's doing. Um, <laughs> maybe, right? Even I don't know. You know what? Here,
2: I can. what I can tell you, I can tell you when I'm doing it. Oh! Which is Thursday, June 9th is when I'm
0: doing mm. it. Nice. You're out. Uh, yeah you can follow me on Twitter at the Trevor there is an a hiding in there you can also find me on I'm gonna podcast which came back uh, to life from a zombie corpse last <laughs> Friday uh, where it is me and uh, three of my friends just having a good time and making some jokes and answering uh, questions from awesome people like Aaron M Evans uh, what is the opposite of a Dolly Parton I l- <laughs> it's, the, it's the best one Um but that cost, uh, that cost me a lot of night's sleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, if uh, let's see. Yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode. So if uh, you enjoyed it, the best way to support is by leaving a review on your podcast service of choice and tell your friends about the show. Uh, if you would like to write in with your own questions or topic suggestions or anything else like that, you can send it into writing about shit at gmail.com. And then if you'd like to give day on the show, you can follow us on Twitter at about dragons. But until next week go right about some dragons and shit.